Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I am your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 79. Please be sure to follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star reviews. We will be diving into the 2023 Travelers Championship. But first, just wanted to touch on the U.S. Open. Third major of the year is in the rearview mirror for us. I think it was a good one overall. The way it started off probably rubbed some people the wrong way. You know, it looked like a birdie fest on on Thursday, and people were freaking out about the course. But by the time they ended on Sunday, obviously played much more difficult. Really weren't as many birdie opportunities. As far as the course itself goes, I don't really necessarily want to see it again as a major venue. But I wouldn't mind seeing it again played on tour. Apparently they're coming back in 2039, so... Got a ways to go, but I, I don't know if I really want to see it as a U.S. Open venue. It it played all right. You know, the course is definitely unique and, and has some cool things about it. But really, the thing that was gross is if really these members just bought up all these tickets so that people couldn't come on the property, that is absolutely ridiculous and kind of pathetic. But Really, I I do think it actually took away from, from the championship itself. I mean, there just really wasn't as great of an atmosphere, a major atmosphere, as you generally would see, especially in the Northeast, but I don't know. Anyways, as far as the actual golf goes, was great to see Wyndham Clark. I, I am a fan of him. Like to see him get his first major after, after getting that, that big win already at an elevated event so that probably helped him a little bit not have as many nerves as far as Rory goes it just it kind of looked like he was playing not to lose more so than trying to catch Wyndham maybe he just thought Wyndham was going to falter at some point I mean it is a U.S. Open and scoring was pretty difficult on Sunday so I kind of get the strategy but at the same time I, I just feel like he probably needed to do a little bit more not that he necessarily could have, because the guy could not hit a putt to save his life on Sunday. So that probably had a lot to do with it, too. And what what was up with that bogus-ass free drop out of the bunker? They were saying it was in the grass, I guess, and not actually the I, I didn't get that at all. But either way, it didn't help him out. And, and I hear a lot of people saying that they're worried that Rory could be mentally not okay this week and I mean we've seen him pretty frustrated this year so I guess it's possible but with how long he's been doing this I, I definitely don't know that you can really make a case for that but we can talk more about that when we get into the travelers but again great to see Wyndham Clark win really would have liked to see Ricky but Ricky clearly just fell apart he even said you know he just didn't have it and Xander too, which I don't like Xander anyway, so who cares? But it, it would have been nice to see Ricky get get a win, and I think it would have been huge for golf in, in general. But overall, I think it, it was a pretty good major. I, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the prime time too. It, it was pretty cool, you know, being up late Friday and Saturday night and and, and watching. Sunday got a little bit sketchy because it was a long weekend, and I was a little tipsy. And I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of falling asleep a little bit on like 14 and 15 until I caught a second wind but not primetime golf especially a major definitely good times and, and definitely enjoyed this U.S. Open but we only got one major left and got a couple tournaments before we get there first of which is the Travelers so let's just dive into that we are playing at TPC River Highlands now 
Last year, Sahith Agala had the lead going into 18 on Sunday and ended up just going into a bunker and just falling apart. Xander ends up with the win. First of his back-to-back wins last year. And Sahith, I just I remember it so vividly because I had him, I believe it was on Saturday in a showdown and he kind of did the same thing but on the opposite side. I think he I think he faded it to the right on top of the hill and then ended up bogeying and cost me a showdown win. I, I think I came in third place and if he would have just I think even parted, I think I would have won. So I think he was almost compensating for what he did on Saturday and ended up hooking it into the bunker on Sunday. And then ended up costing him the win and costing me more money. So that that was fun. Faded Xander and had Sahith fall apart to cost me a lot of money last year. So I, I remember that pretty well. But the year before was Harris English. Shot a, shot a 65 on Sunday. Defeated Kramer Hickok in a playoff. So those are your last two winners. TPC River Highlands. Pete Dye designed 6,800 yard par 70. Bentgrass and Poe mixed greens. They run a little bit faster than the typical bent grass. And, and during the afternoon, you can actually see the POA come out a little bit more. So they will actually run a little bit a little bit bumpier and a little bit different in the afternoon. So that it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much the golfers have to adjust to that. The course is the second shortest on tour behind only Pebble Beach, which obviously allows a lot of skill sets that have a shot at competing here. And we've seen it year in and year out. Now, generally the fields are much weaker here, but obviously this being a designated event this year, we have the best of the best. The only other time that really the field was this strong, maybe not this strong, but a little bit stronger than normal was 2020 when they came back. I think it was the third tournament after COVID. So just if you wanted to take a look at that, kind of get a little bit of gauge of how the better players play here and and how a stronger field fares but otherwise we have three or sorry four par threes on the course two par fives and 12 par fours now two of the par threes on the front nine play over 200 yards and they play as the fourth and sixth most difficult holes on the course so definitely going to have to play those par threes pretty well the, the long ones and then we have two par fives that are basically the scoring holes on this course. You absolutely have to birdie them if you want to contend here. They're the two easiest holes on the course. And then we have eight par fours measuring 400 to 450 yards, so some shorter par fours. You you want to look at par four scoring, but more specifically that 400 to 450 range. And then the par four 15th is actually potentially drivable. A little under 300 yards, 296 yards, so that's going to be an interesting hole too. Now... In addition to the shorter holes, with less distance off the tee, you can actually take advantage of hitting fairways at TPC River Highland because 70% fairways hit, so it's much easier to hit fairways here. If you do miss the fairways, it's not the end of the world. The rough isn't really, really crazy if you get just off the fairways, but if you're getting way out there and way off track, then then you're going to be having some troubles. But Shorter approach shots here, looking at a lot of wedges. About 25% of shots come from 150 to 175 yards. So wedges are definitely going to have to be relied upon here quite a bit. And with shorter approach shots, obviously it leads to a little bit higher of a, a greens and regulation percentage, around 68% at, at River Highlands. 
Now, if you do miss the greens, though, scrambling is actually a little bit more difficult here than tour average. So just something to keep in mind. There's a lot of bunkers. There's water that comes into play on about a third of the holes. And actually chipping out of this rough can, can be really penal. So just something to keep in mind there. But last couple winners have four of the last five have shot 17 or better. So this can be a bit of a birdie fest and not really crazy, but you want really want guys that are hitting greens in regulation, creating scoring opportunities and, and hitting their putts. Now, one thing we do have to keep an eye on is it does look like there's going to be some weather here. Chance of rain in the forecast basically every day, definitely on Thursday and Friday, and then chances of scattered thunderstorms on Sunday. So, I mean, we could possibly, or Saturday and Sunday, so we could possibly even see some delays if, if there's thunder and lightning. So just keep in mind, doesn't really look like right now there's a distinct weather advantage or wave advantage. And with a chance of thunderstorms, you know, anything we might think could be a wave advantage could end up being the complete opposite. So just something to keep in mind. Definitely keep an eye on that weather. And really what I'm going to be doing is, is not so much wave stacks, but kind of making a couple lineups of, of guys playing in some sloppy weather that I think could play well, and then a couple as if the weather was going to be fine. But if we dive into it, top of the pricing, no surprise, 11300 Scotty Scheffler, definitely going to be playing him. It's just impossible to get away from him at this point. He's just absolutely ridiculous, T to green, and clearly the putter is broken, but if he just isn't the worst in the field at putting he probably easily wins so at some point I do think he's going to smoke the field and I'm absolutely in on it until he does now really what I kind of wanted to do coming into the week was even even fade Scotty and and fade a lot of these guys up top and and kind of start a little bit lower but it looks like these guys are going to go a little bit lower owned so I'm a little tempted to go there as I said with Rory Maybe it gets into his head, the U.S. Open, but I, I, I still think that he's going to be fine here. 10900 not a terrible price for him. I'm probably not going to get there. I'd probably rather play Rom, and, and both of these guys right now, as of Tuesday, look like they're coming in around 10%, so it's, it's going to be really tempting to play one of them, if not both of them. I probably can't fit both of them because I like way too many guys lower in the nines that I'm probably going to have a lot of, and then... Again, I, I might skip this 10K range. Xander and Cantlay look great for here. Obviously, Xander won last year. Cantlay has just not really been contending as far as almost winning, but he, he's right up there in the top 15 every single week. So I do think Cantlay will actually be a little bit more popular than Xander this week. But as of right now, I think I might be fading the both of them because I'm going back to Hovland, 9,900. Last week wasn't terrible, wasn't great, you know, for how well Hovland's been playing, but I, I just think he could do well here. He's good from that 150 to 175 range, fifth over the last 24 rounds from there, eighth in DK scoring over the last 24 rounds, fifth in par four scoring. So really, really like him at 9,900. Finau played well at the U.S. Open probably going to be pretty low owned so a good pivot there if you want to go there but I, I I love Hovland and Morikawa this week so I will definitely be playing a lot of them as far as Morikawa goes 
looked good last week, gained five and a half strokes on approach, and really put the worries about his back to rest. So definitely like that. Hasn't lost strokes on approach since the players of last year. Absolutely ridiculous. March of last year, he's gained his strokes on approach in every single tournament. First on par fours from 400 to 450 yards. Second strokes gained approach. Sixth from 125 to 150. Twelfth in opportunities gained over the last 50 rounds. Love where Morikawa is at. Maiden outright on him at 28 to 1. So I will definitely be playing quite a bit of him. I do actually like Tommy Fleetwood quite a bit. 9,300. Just been very very consistent coming in good with the wedges he's good on the the par fours from 400 to 450 so i I do like that i i think i'm actually going to play quite a bit of fleetwood actually disgustingly thinking about putting an outright on him i really kind of don't want to because it's tommy fleetwood and he never wins but can get a good number I, I think somewhere around 38 right now and I have some room on the card and if it is going to play sloppy weather it, it could actually play to his strengths but the, these guys are going to be pretty popular and if we move into this next range really if you want to not play one of the guys that I just said and play one of these other guys you're probably going to get them somewhere around five percent Wyndham Clark nobody wants to play because he just won the U.S. Open and you know maybe he's been partying his ass off and there's going to be a hangover but maybe he just comes back out and he's on fire 9,200 not a terrible price for him where his game is at and like I said five probably five percent and and Ricky's going to be a little bit more probably closer to ten percent Another guy that's been on tour forever. I, I don't really think that him falling apart on Sunday is going to affect him too much mentally. So I don't mind going there. I just, with how much I'm going to play these guys right above him, I don't know how much I'm going to have of these guys, but I will sprinkle in a little bit of Max Homa and Wyndham Clark. I, I just think that on this course, they could definitely do some damage. And at 5% ownership, I am absolutely in on that. Justin Thomas, you literally might see at 3% this week, which is crazy to say, but the guy looks absolutely broken, and I am absolutely fine. Even if he comes out and wins this, I, I am not going anywhere near that this week. Same with Sung JM. Guy just looks completely broken over the past couple weeks. 8700 not a bad price for him. Looks like it could be a good course for him. But again, I'm probably just not playing him un- until I see some signs. We'll be playing quite a, a bit of Hideki, 8,600. I, I just, I've been riding him and I am not getting away right now. Has some good finishes coming in. Two of them, he kind of derailed himself with a blow up round. Same thing at the U.S. Open, just the, the putter fell apart, lost six strokes putting, and, and just had a terrible Sunday. He did, however, gain 8.6 strokes on approach, so definitely like that. He's gained strokes on approach in nine straight tournaments, first in opportunities gained, fifth in strokes gained approach, and tenth in par four scoring over the last 24 rounds. Absolutely love Hideki, and I have made a top 20 bet on him so far. I believe it was plus 210, and as I said, I have some room on the card, and possibly him and Fleetwood going on. Maybe might just do Hovland instead, but not really sure what I want to do there, but I, I do love Hideki quite a bit as far as DraftKings goes. I'm going to go back to Sahith. Broke my heart last year here, and, and hopefully he can redeem himself. Been playing some good golf, so I do like that. 
wasn't going to go anywhere near Shane Lowry, but if we're going to have some weather concerns and it's going to be kind of nasty out there, I don't hate it. 8,200. He hasn't been incredible recently, but hasn't been that bad. So that's fine. Tom Kim. I also made a bet on at 60 to one, 8,100 think is a good price for him. Shorter course is where you want him. He's good on those shorter par fours. Great with those Wedges from 125 to 150, fourth over the last 24 rounds, first actually over the last 50 rounds. So definitely like that. I'm playing quite a bit of Tom Kim and already bet him to win. Also bet Siwoo Kim to win at 50 to 1. I just like where his game's at. Pete Dye, specialist, absolutely love it. Hasn't really been great here in the past, but I, I just, with how well he's been playing, I am fine with that. Now, Russell Henley is probably going to be around 20% owned, $7,800. I I just, I don't hate him. He's been playing well, has some good finishes coming in, but at that ownership and this price, I am fading that. I I just want nothing to do with it, and I will gladly go down to Harris English, a guy that has already won here a couple years ago, came 19th, I believe, last year. Game looks to be little bit better than than it was earlier in the year you know obviously he had some injury concerns but eighth place at the u.s open was on fire with the putter 52nd at the memorial not great but also had a 12th place at the charles schwab came third at wells fargo so has some good finishes he's definitely been playing better the course history i, I will definitely play him at 77 Another guy at 77, I like Corey Connors. I, I do think that he could play well here. You know, hitting fairways, and he's he's pretty good with those approach shots on, on shorter irons as well. So I do like Corey Connors. Then I'm going to play Brian Harmon, and this is strictly just course history. The guy has been absolutely incredible here over his, his last five times. Has three top ten finishes, so... Definitely like that. Uh, I'm fine playing Brian Harmon. Strictly just a, a course narrative. Going to go back to Steven Yeager. Guy was on fire for a while there. 7500 I think, is a good price for him. He is ninth in opportunities gain. He is eighth on par fours from 400 to 450 yards. So definitely like that. In the top 20 with those wedges from 125 to 150 as well over the last 24 rounds. So I'm going right back to Steven Yeager. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, I, I just think this kid's going to be a star, and I am going to play him either until he proves me right or proves me wrong. So 7,400, I do like him. Also made an outright on him, 125 with a top six each way. Austin Ekro, going to be pretty popular. Been playing incredibly well. Great finish at the U.S. Open. Eighth in opportunities gained. He is top 20 in DraftKings scoring over the last 24 rounds. So it did seem like he was bet up a lot, or his number was bet down. A lot of people betting him. He's being talked up a lot. I do think he's going to get a good amount of ownership. But I do think he's one of these guys that beginning of the week, everybody's going to want to play him. And then as everyone talks him up and it seems like he's going to be a little higher owned, I think it evens out a little bit. So I'm, I'm guessing probably somewhere around 13%, maybe 15 on the high side where yesterday I probably would have said he was going to be close to 20. So if he's in that 13 to 15 range, I am absolutely fine playing him at, at 7,300. I, I don't think it's a bad price at all. So 
he's gained strokes off the tee in eight straight tournaments and strokes on approach in five straight. So striking the shit out of the ball. Definitely, definitely like where his game is at. And we'll probably also be making a top 30 bet on him as well. Down here, it gets a little bit more sporadic. Not a lot of guys that that stand out too much. Justin Suh, I, I just he's been playing well. I'm not going to get off him now. 7,200, I, I I think is a good price for him. And then maybe sprinkle in a little bit of Nate Lashley. I, I just I do like him on on these types of courses and and these types of tournaments. Mark Hubbard, absolutely striking the ball incredibly second on approach over the last 24 rounds i i I really like him 6900 thinking about putting a bet in on him as well at 150 with it each way doug game actually starting to show signs of life so 6900 for him not not terrible probably going to play a little bit of him sprinkle him in i do think hubbard might get a little bit of ownership down here just because there's really so few names and just how well he's been playing so that's something to keep an eye on but if we go any further down here i'm really not crazy about anyone Ches Revy has played well here before 6700 not a bad price for him been playing a little bit better lately but Want to see what the ownership gets on him. Might sprinkle in a little Dylan Wu and then maybe Austin Smotherman down at 6,500. But that's probably all I'm really looking at for this week. If the weather was great, I would say this is probably going to be a birdie fest. I could maybe even see somebody getting to 20 under. But the fact that there's going to be a little bit weather and I mean the fact that it is a little shorter it's interesting to see because it doesn't look like there's a ton of wind in the forecast so if it's just playing wet I mean and and guys are are able to pick up their ball from plugging in the in the fairway and have soft conditions and can just stick it on on short shots maybe the scores are still pretty low so I'm gonna play it both ways I'm gonna play it as if it plays difficult and in some rainy conditions and also, as if it just were to play at, at the typical where someone's going to win at minus 17, minus 19. That, that's really what I'm looking at this week. I do like a lot of guys that are chalk, but I'm going to sprinkle in some of these guys that, that just nobody wants to play. It's a week after a major, and, and people sometimes kind of phone it in and, and just go with the guys that people are talking about. So there's going to be a lot of condensed ownership here, and, and you could definitely find some pivots that, that can help you out a lot in, in some tournaments. So that's going to do it for this week. As always, check out thehelmsports.com. I already have the hardcore parkour up there. Also, progolfnow.com. Have the rundown. That's my course preview over there. And Dark Horses should be out by the time you are listening to this. But let's win some money at the Travelers. And uh, hopefully Sahith the Gala doesn't break my heart again. But as always, thank you for listening. And remember... <laughs>